Weekend Breakfast with Refilo Mpakanyane on 702. Let's talk parenting now with our parenting expert, human potential expert, author and speaker, Nikki Bush. Good morning. Good morning, Refilo. And I just really love what you were talking about there because... The words we hear and the words we use count, whether it's the names of people or whether it's the names of objects and clothes Mm. and food and the weather and feelings and time and all of those things because we communicate with the world through language. Of course. At the end of the day, that's what we do. If we've got an idea, if we're selling a concept, if we want something, we have to ask for it. But we have to use the right words so that people understand what we're mm. looking for. Yeah. So that's really the focus of our conversation today is the fact that we can talk our children clever and help them build their word power incidentally on the way. And it's interesting that a child, by the time they are five, if they've been well exposed to conversation, Mm. should have a speaking vocabulary of about 10,000 words. Now, adults only regularly speak 20,000 words. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, and I suppose that's why there's that old old adage or saying about, you know, um, using uh, using swear words uh, or swear words rather and and, um, how much of your your vocab they take up. That can be an indicator of, you know, the size of your vocabulary or even, you know, how much imagination (laughs) you have. So that's something (laughs) to keep in mind. But absolutely, Nikki, the words, especially the quality of the words or the kind of words, Right within that ten thousand word vocabulary by the age of five is also very important because, as you know, you were alluding to in the beginning of our conversation, it also it alludes to the kind of value you place on certain things um, in life. So there's there's a lot going on even within that ten thousand uh, ten thousand words um, cachet of vocabulary. So how do we as parents make sure to build up our children's vocabulary, as you said, along the way and incidentally? Not everything has to be didactic and a sit down and talk moment or sit down and teach moment. Absolutely. In fact, under the age of seven, most of it should not be didactic and sit down moments. So I played around with a few figures last night. It was rather interesting based on the incidental learning and passing on of word power from parent to child. Mm. And I often talk about the fact that under the age of 12, Parents are the hidden curriculum, you know, because it's not the formal curriculum necessarily in the four walls of the classroom and between the covers of books. So let's look at what happens every day in a child's life. And here are a few very interesting statistics. So these are the opportunities you have to chat to your child. If you've got a child in nappies between uh, birth and two and a half years of age, um, you're going to have 5,000 nappy changes. So between Mm. your caregiver and yourself, Mm. there are 5,000 opportunities to speak to a baby over a two and a half year period. Bath time, and I focused here on the, uh, up to the age of seven, two and a half thousand bath times. Getting dressed and undressed, 5,000 opportunities for a conversation around clothes and actions. Like, you know, put it on, take it off, what color, mm. two shoes, uh, two gloves, <laughs> one jersey. Yeah. Meal times, um, if we look at how many meal times you'll have with a child under the age of 12, it'll be about 9,000 meals. And opportunities while you're in the car or on transport, about 
um, 13,000 opportunities, and that'll be under the age of 18. And then story time, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you'll probably read, if you read a story every day, whether it's for five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I don't care how long it is, but about, um, you're going to have about 33,650 stories. So all in all, that was a very quick thumbsuck about 40,000 opportunities to talk your children clever in everyday ways while you are doing stuff you've got to do anyway. Mm. And there's an African proverb that says, opportunities you have missed will not return. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, Nikki, how do you propose that parents talk their children clever? Obviously, we're we're taking those 40,000 opportunities to actually engage and to talk and to be present and mindful. But um, when it comes to the vocabulary itself, are we reinforcing sort of everyday uh, objects, words, etc., etc.? Or are you also proposing that we mix it up? We start to get creative with our vocabulary. We start to say, uh, we start to say, well, as opposed to that feels nice. You know, introducing the word texture, for instance. You know, switched up synonyms, um, whatever it is. What are you? What? How, what are you proposing? Yes, I absolutely love the way you're thinking. Obviously, it starts very simply from the time that baby is first in your arms, while your baby can't even speak. Uh, you know, babies gurgle and babble for a long time, but it's interesting that they learn a great deal about language before they begin uttering words. They learn about the tone of voice, intonation, about rhythm, rhyme. Um, and so as you're making a cup of tea and you're holding them in your arms, you're saying, mommy's boiling the kettle. Uh, mommy's making hot water and pouring it into her mug with a tea bag. Mommy's stirring the cup with a spoon. And so we're creating the pattern of language before our children can even speak. And then when you're doing the nappy changes, you're talking to them about how many toes they have and how many fingers they have. And you're using all the, the body part language like you would do when you were bathing them. So the categories of language and words are things like clothes and food and objects and the weather and time and then feeling words and then you, you, you hit the nail on the head. As they get older, we've got to start using descriptive words. So colors and texture like it's scratchy or it's smooth or it's rough, big small, inside out, you know, how will they understand these concepts that they don't interact with them in real time? And then, of course, the kinds of books we read to our children are very important Mm. because books often contain very descriptive language. And there's the functional language, like the objects um, and big and small and things like that. But then there's that deep and rich descriptive language with the synonyms, with the metaphors. Um, You know, he was as big as a house um, and it it was as dark as the night. You know, those sorts of things, the more we get those in in the early years, the more they're already there when they need to use them during creative writing exercises. Nikki, I'm laughing because in in the notes uh, in the notes that you sent me, uh, you you say you've said that developing a more descriptive vocabulary than cool and okay. <laughs> there is no way that those words made them they made that way into the notes um, without you having experienced um, in your workshop. <laughs> your workshop well, and your with work. Our own children. The fact the fact that you know lots of people are 
pretty content to say, yeah, cool, <laughs> cool. How yeah. is that cool? How are you feeling? Cool. <laughs> Do you sleep well? Yeah, cool. short form for everything. Mm. And it's taking away the richness. What is your degree of coolness? What is your degree of um, awesome? Because awesome is another one. And how undescriptive is the word okay? How are you? Okay, well, what the hell does that mean? And another one that teens use often, other than cool, is gross mm. and sick. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are so many alternative words, and we do need to interrogate those words to find out the degree of feeling. So, for example, um, awesome, which is what even adults are defaulting to these things now. Awesome could mean something like, Amazing, mm. astonishing, breathtaking, daunting, imposing, yeah. impressive, mm-hmm. magnificent, wonderful. You know, there, there's a variety of words for awesome, but cool. What does cool mean? Cool means okay, it means good, it means nice, could mean interesting, it could mean um, accurately done, you know, well done. Mm. Um, it could mean acceptable or first class or super. It's all in the intonation, Nikki. It's all in the intonation. And you see gross. <laughs> you know, gross is such a funny one because there really are degrees of gross. It could be awful, dreadful, horrible, um, hideous. How's that for a nice, powerful word? Mm. Uh, unpleasant, terrifying. You know, there's so many variations of what that word could mean. So we have to encourage our children to, to dig into their brain to find that word power. And here's a nice line. You can make a family game out of this and, and say, and another word for that is, yeah. so if they use one of those short forms, mm-hmm. and another word for that is. And they often have the words, but they're just being lazy and they're not bothering to use them and they're taking shortcuts with extreme vocabulary. Um, and avoiding having to expand and use brain power, I think a lot of the time, it's just that it hurts to use their brain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it it also just opens up so many opportunities um, for, you know, conversations then around the meaning of words, uh, the role of certain words and the value of certain words. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's everything is uh, all of these, um, these moments of teaching, um, are a fantastic opportunity to bond as well. So 40,000 opportunities, um, over, over how many years, Nikki, that are available to parents? Focusing, I was really focusing on the under 12s. Yeah. And we need to use those, those opportunities wisely because children's language, ability, and reasoning are determined by the conversations mm. that you have with them from birth. So conversation, that also involves listening. So when you are changing that baby, look them in the eye. When you're dealing with a toddler and you really want to get a point across, kneel down and be at their level and make eye contact. So eye contact really is the precursor for showing appreciation, concern, attention, and teaching your child the art of good listening. And you know, if you're not there to listen to your child why should they communicate back so the art of presence is very important but that incidental chit chat while you're driving in a taxi or driving in a car 
talking about your environment as you go along. Talk about the traffic jam and the construction site outside while you're sitting at a red traffic light. You know, those are all still important conversations. So lots of incidental chit-chat as well as those deep and meaningful story times and when I'm kneeling and I'm looking you in the eye, they all count. Mm. And let's not forget that uh, those incidental uh, and observational uh, conversations where your child is listening and watching you and your partner or you and friends and family also interact. Uh, And that is also a huge, huge, huge opportunity for them to learn, observe. Nikki, today's toy feature is or toy review is taking a look at uh, Patrick's learning pen. Tell us about that. This is one of my favorite products. It is an imported product and it's not always available, but I know that stock has just landed. And by the way, there are huge shipping issues in the toy industry at the moment, in, in most industries where we are, are getting uh, you know product from overseas. Yes. So when you find good stuff, it's uh, this year is not the year to leave it till Christmas mm. um, because just probably might not be here again. So Patrick's Color Talking Pen by Kay's Kids, which was an offshoot of the Melissa and Doug range. So very high quality. And it's a chunky, cute electronic pen that identifies and names colors. So your toddler between one and four can toddle around the house and literally touch anything in the house. And the pen will tell you what color it is it's touching and the little globe on the top of this little doggy's head Mm. will light up with that color it's so darn clever and it comes um, in a little carry bag that opens up as a playing board Um, and this very clever talking pen can name every color spot on the board and um, and everything packs away neatly into the side of this bag which has handles so very well designed to be taken anywhere. This is a chunky pen, you know, for those those little chunky hands. To be able to grab hold of, pen. yeah. Yes. And so they can really expand that color adventure around the house, experimenting by touching the fridge, touching the, the floor, touching their clothes, and it will talk to them and say, red, 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 red. Red, 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 and it does a little tune. So your children are getting the repetition. So you can switch it on or off. You can change the volume. And there's a lively little color song as well. So they're learning their colors in no time. And it also comes with a set of shapes that they can match to this playing board, which is part of the bag. So learning colors, learning shapes, fine motor coordination, logic, problem solving, matching, and of course, color vocabulary, which is what we were talking about Mm. in our session today. And this is a 630 rand that I think is incredibly, incredibly well spent. And you can find this in one place and one place only. And the website is satoytrade.coza satoytrade.coza and if you'd like to read my review it's on nickybush.com just punch toy review in the search window and you'll actually find a video that I created two years ago the last time that this product was in the country so when I say this is not a product that's here all the time this is a real win if you've got those preschoolers who are under the age of four who need to learn their color words because color Shape and quantity are the foundations for most preschool literacy learning. 
Fantastic stuff. I can just imagine the wonder and awe in a little child's eyes as uh, they press that pen up against uh, any surface in the house and it gives them the correct color. They must think it's magic. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's magic. Absolutely. <laughs> Lovely stuff, Nikki. Looking forward to our conversation next weekend. That's our parenting uh, and human potential expert, Nikki Bush.